0: Welcome to another episode of Balling in the Six. This is your Toronto Raptors podcast straight out of London. Today we have a bumper edition. We're going to preview every single darn playoff game starting with the Brooklyn Nets against the Philadelphia 76ers. That's going to be from our courtside correspondent. Yes, we've got a media seat at the Brooklyn Nets arena. That's going to be the preview there before going to your beloved Toronto Raptors as they prepare to face the Orlando Magic. We'll be having some play-by-play experience of that as well, although we're not physically present there. And then finally, we'll go into the other six irrelevant matchups because, as we know, the only matchup that matters is the one going on right now. Without further ado, let's get straight into it.
1: Good evening. Well, currently I am courtside in Brooklyn. Not literally. I wish I could be. I wish I could be with Jay-Z, chilling courtside, but... Hang
0: on, you missed your... You missed your exclusive... I mean, I reserved a media seat for you over there. It's under the name Balling in the Six.
1: Mate, um, we were too busy, of course, casting our media vote for the MVP race. Very um, true. I invitation got lost in the post for that. Um... But uh, in terms of the game, uh, I'm just bamboozled, flabbergasted. I'm not at all surprised by this Brooklyn team. This Brooklyn team is very much that a team. They're very smoothly, like their transitions on defense are completely on point. They're really making up for their you know physical disadvantages that they've had during this game. And just a couple of things that I'd like to uh, just highlight their offense doesn't seem to really have an identity. You're talking about they, Philly Yeah, this is Philly. It seems to be the case that Ben Simmons brings it up the court and, you know, receives a screen from a pick and roll. And every single team now know how to def- how to defend it because they've watched how Boston defended it in the playoffs. So just implement the same plan. They trap the role man, make sure that pass is almost impossible so that Ben Simmons can't use his Elite passing skill there, Ben is not going to take that jumper, so they kind of just have to rotate it around, and they don't just naturally then flow into another offense. You see with, teams, with actu- teams who are actually well coached, if their plan A doesn't work, they just straight away going to something else. This Philly team doesn't have that.
0: And, uh, and we've it, seen, uh, we seen it um, last year, of course, with Toronto and um, DeRozan's game the mid-range game gets stopped so easily in the playoffs every single year. And I'm interested to see if it will get stopped, you know, with his with his new Spurs team. But um, you're right in that this, this Philly team is brand new. You know, it's not long ago they were, you know, grabbing the first pick and getting Simmons on the draft. And now this is their first year properly in the playoffs. And, you know, to compete, they're going to need more experience. They have got Jimmy Butler, of course, but we've just actually got news of what Jimmy Butler got caught doing on the bench.
1: Uh, what was that exactly? Oh,
0: no, was not I mean, he and Amir Johnson got caught so they're down fourteen as we speak, and they just got caught yeah. looking at their phone on a bench.
1: Oh, they're for su- real.
0: They're suited up for a you playoff can't, game
1: and you can't, you can't they can't Jimmy. even pay attention. You can't blame Jimmy for it because it's probably another an NBA player's girlfriend sliding into the end. You can't blame the boy. He's he's very much an impulsive character, you know, he acts on those kind of urges. Yeah, I mean, but, uh, ob-
0: obviously, you know, when, when it comes in, you've got to reply as soon as as soon as possible.
1: Oh, man, Jimmy knows all about that. And it's, it's, the been, arch- uh,
0: it's the archetype. I can afford Jimmy, Jimmy
1: that. Yeah. I can afford Jimmy that. He's had a fantastic game. I don't know how many points he's on that. He's probably well over 30 now. Um, he's been the only reason that they haven't been blown up by 30. He's actually been phenomenal during the game. Um, and the, yeah, just, uh, I don't care how good you are, though.
0: You cannot look at your
1: phone during a playoff game. But if it's Carl Anthony Towns' girlfriend, or now ex-girlfriend, it, it's understandable. It, okay, it's, I, I it's accept. definitely temptation, but it's understandable.
0: Yep, okay. I uh, You know what? I, I accept your argument. What I do want to know from you, though, is we the game's just coming to an end. We've seen Brooklyn somehow, well, not somehow, we've dissected exactly why, but they've taken the W in Philly, Where do you see this series going? Because before the series, I would imagine Philly in sixth. And I'm not sure what you
1: predicted. But
0: where do you see it going now? Do you see your prediction changing?
1: Yeah, very interestingly. um, The rest have also been very heavily in favour of Philly this game. I think they've given far too much deference to star power. So, say if uh, Philly wins the next home game, I could definitely see Brooklyn... I mean, if they pull off this kind of performance again, uh, you know, taking their home games, honestly, it it could come down to Game 7 on Philly's home court. And what I think needs to happen is they should have planned for Ben Simmons being shot down in the playoffs in this manner from the very start of the season. I know you've said, you know, they're, you know, they're a new team and they're still trying to gel, but this should have been... Something that you know they had set in motion from months and months and months ago, it's just alarming to me that when so uh, Brooklyn were playing a small ball lineup on offense, so the majority of like the first and even the early second half, and Brett Brown just stuck with Boban in the middle, and what would happen every time is Dinwiddie would then have a uh, mismatch either on the weak side corner or out out front, he would get past his man and. The lane was just absolutely wide open. Again, um, people can check the stats afterwards. I don't know how many points Simmons has got in the paint. Maybe fourteen, sixteen points, and three throws as well. So the only
0: logical solution then is Simmons. So you know, getting teams not you, to sag on Simmons.
1: So yeah, get, yeah. to a, to a yeah, round, yeah. round yeah. number, how many, Simmons, how many Ben,
0: um, how many Ben Simmons threes are we going to see this series,
1: yeah, or attempted that's threes? The thing. Because I think they just need to limit his game time, honestly. <laughs> I mean, who who's their backup? TJ McConnell? I'm, he's a very solid backup. TJ McConnell's not very... going to
0: lead any respectable team to play off glory.
1: Okay, no, who else you up on the court? you somehow share their minutes, like, TJ, he's nice, man. He's he's nice on the defensive end as well. like.
0: Well, you heard it here That's first. TJ McConnell's going to lead the 76ers the oh, man, conference MVP, finals.
1: finals MVP
0: Right, well um, one, other t- one other team And perhaps one close to the heart That is also competing Tonight, are the Toronto Raptors They're taking on mm-hmm. the Magic The Magic, of course We're looking like a lottery team Towards the start of the year Everyone predicted <laughs> they'd finish 12th or 13th But since the turn of the new year And especially the All-Star break They've just turn the corner completely, especially with their defence. They're, they're out of the playoff teams. They're one of the best defensive-rated teams. They're not so good on the other end, but players like Vucevic have just shut the game down whenever they can. Should Toronto be worried?
1: While well, you talk about the fact that in the offensive end that hasn't really particularly been a strength, but I have a question for you and this is, can Ibaka and or Gasol keep up with Vucevic's versatility from, you know, not just inside the paint, but the guy definitely does play outside the paint. I think he's like a 35% three-point shooter, but generally his mid-game is also uh, very good. He's very, very versatile as well offensively. Do you think they can keep up with him? I think that's a key matchup in terms of if they can't, this could be a very, very competitive series, and if they can It could be over in full games.
0: Well, I think that... I've spoken about it before on the podcast. The benefit of having those two versatile centres is that you can kind of play a matchup based game. If, you know, a more mobile centre like Gasol can chase Vucevic around the court, but maybe Ibaka, who's a lot better in the paint and a lot better blocking shots, if Vucevic is on that kind of game, if he's not on his three-point shooting game,
1: that's Mm. Ibaka's
0: role. Well, I feel that, I mean...
1: Isn't it a bit worrying that Gasol's your, Gasol's your mobile centre, so to speak? I mean, Isn't that slightly worrying?
0: I mean, Iba, Ibaka, can, uh, Ibaka, Ibaka can jog around the court too. And of course, you don't forget <laughs> that we have Siakam who can play at the 5.
1: Yeah, so, I, mean, that, I think that would actually um, potentially be the best way to that'd go. That would be
0: it. a good matchup because, of course, well, yeah. actually OG and Anubi yesterday um, announced that he'd be out for a couple of weeks at the least and he would really? be a good replacement at the four, but um, right mm. now there's no one. There's Chris Boucher, maybe. Bonjour, Chris Boucher. But that's about mm. it. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, So,
0: But you, you t- we talked about he's really the only threat. I see another threat in Terence mm. Ross, but it's an inconsistent threat. Ross, Whoa. as we know, can go for 35 mm. and then three the next mm. game.
1: Yeah, well, I would say there's actually three other inconsistent threats. From Enlighten practicing. me well, Gordon, Fournier and Ross, they're all very similar in the sense that their field goal percentage isn't that great and they're somewhat volume scorers, like from the 10 to 15 points per game range. Evan Fournier actually may be closer to 20 points a game. Um, I think against an elite defensive guard team like Toronto with Lowry, with Leonard, with Green, and Green, I think... Yeah. I I really think they're going to be completely shut down. We'll see really how dominant those guys are defensively. I think. Well, I think um, the fact
0: that they do have the talent, they are inconsistent, which is the reason they're not reaching towards the kind of the upper echelons of the East.
1: Exactly. But the fact yeah. that they
0: do have the talent means I think they'll definitely take at least one game. I think it will stick to a five-game series, but mm. I think I think one game they'll take just because if Ross and Butrovic, for example, go off in the same game,
1: yeah, you yeah, can't stop that. I mean, right. in the
0: regular season. They whipped us twice. Admittedly,
1: yes, one time did, was without yeah.
0: Lowry, one time was without Leonard. And of course, both times when we were fully healthy, we beat Orlando, uh, such as yeah. earlier this month. But, yeah. you know, it's playoff time. Uh, if Orlando yeah, gets rocking, yeah. you know, you never know. You can lose a game yeah. out there. But I think yeah. I think there'll be a lot more investigation into the next series. I was thinking that we'd play the, the 76ers, of course, but it might look like we'll have a good old-fashioned Rival series against the Nets, maybe get some revenge for that Paul Pierce block all those years ago.
1: Still thinking about that, huh?
0: I'm still thinking. I watch that every night when I can't <laughs> sleep.
1: It makes me makes me. That, that's unhealthy, man. That's unhealthy. Um. I <laughs> go.
0: So there's some. Uh, we'll go to the East today. There's some other very tasty matchups going on tomorrow.
1: We've mm, got the
0: Bucks against against.
1: <laughs> Dwayne Casey's Pistons of course yes that is right um, so is this a straight point. sweep? straight sweep huh um,
0: who's going to defend Jonathan from the Pistons? yeah I
1: mean Blake Griffin could do some sort of job no. Um <laughs> I'm just thinking no Blake
0: Griffin no. especially with Blake Griffin's knee is uh, he hasn't been looking good recently of course he was All-star caliber earlier in the season. But he's been looking really, really poor recently. Hasn't been shooting right. And with the exception of Drummond, maybe Reggie Jackson, who's been doing a bit of a job lately, there's no one really there who can pose as a threat, especially with the likes of Giannis, Brook Lopez, of course.
1: Yeah. I think Lopez against Drummond would be a nice battle. I I personally, I don't even know. So they've still got Langston Galloway. I personally wouldn't be a name like more than those guys, I really haven't watched a lot of Detroit. Possibly, like I am at fault there, but
0: no, I mean it's uh well it's what we know and how team, it's related though. to that's, um
1: that's how I know that that has been going this season.
0: Oh fair, but well what well, well what's another interesting with Detroit is of course coming a bit closer to home. They're being coached by Dwayne Casey, who of course has a yeah.
1: stellar
0: playoff record as we know. <laughs> <laughs> and um of course before when he, when he beat the Raptors last time out he said I want the uh fans to know what it's like to win a championship these fans know what it's like to win. Uh throwing mm-hmm. a bit of shade there. So originally wow. it would have been a nice matchup but um didn't happen in the end. And um yeah well of course as a rival fan you always want them to give your rivals a seven game series at the very least. But yeah,
1: so just I think nice this will be a straight sweep. Yeah, because um, Milwaukee, Dave, now I think they've got Bogdan them back. Um, they're they're very healthy. They either they have or they are going to get back. Um. Uh, not Brook Lopez. Um, uh, the guy they got from Chicago, the center, who can shoot threes.
0: You stumped me on this one.
1: Um, oh, really he's so good mad. that we don't remember his name. Of course. I, I'm like, Mitrovic is what's popping into my head. The Newcastle
0: just... striker? Miritic? Miritic?
1: Miritic. I like, some Eastern European name. I apologise to any Eastern European listeners. Uh,
0: <laughs> we have a huge fan base in Slovenia, actually. You should um, probably oh, send out a personal oh, apology
1: yeah. to the president. Yeah, 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 yeah. After our polls. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I mean, we can uh, move on to probably the tastiest. Eastern Conference match. Yeah, between. it'll be an
0: interesting one. The Celtics taking on the Pacers. Yeah. Both teams,
1: a little underwhelming.
0: Uh, Pacers, of course, have shown really good form after uh, Oladipo went down, surprisingly. And of course, Celtics, who, you know, the media and everyone has really jumped on, including including ourselves. But, yeah. they somehow pulled through and um, got a decent record. Went into the yeah. end of the season with wins, which is important. Looked like players yeah. like Gordon Hayward were back. And, now they're going into a playoff series with an extremely good coach who knows how to coach in this, these kind of environments. Mm. So what do you say? I say Celtics take this in six.
1: Well, before just uh, give my prediction, I think a uh, massive piece of news is that Marcus Smart is out for this. That's a huge,
0: that's um, huge. All Pretty um, much all NBA defense caliber player there.
1: Well, yeah, and he's actually been very, very good offensively this year as well. He's really improved his three-point shot. He's one of those players, like um, again, mechanistically, um, his, his three-point shot in previous years, I, I was kind of confused as to why it wasn't better. Yeah, and um, and yeah, he's just it's kind of shown he's putting the work of this offseason. He's like this Swiss Army knife, this Swiss Army knife, like that. He can do absolutely everything at this point, point. and um. He's probably been one of the few shining lights for that team this year. And, yeah, it really is going to come down to can the other, say, the guards that they have on that roster, like can Jalen Brown step up to like the player form he showed last year? Can Terry Rozier actually actually scare me for once again? It's, it's quite timid how he's been playing this year. Yeah, he's, he's
0: meant to be a scary fellow, but, you know,
1: he's not, yeah, really, he's he's not
0: giving anyone a fright, no defenders a fright this year.
1: No, it's a kind of like a scream type of horror film. It's 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 more amusing than scary. Um, um, yeah, just, so um, but we'll if you, see, if you we'll maybe see, look at the, the paces, um,
0: who 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 are you seeing on the paces that pose a good threat? Maybe Bogdanovich, uh, Miles Turner.
1: Uh, yeah, Miles Turner. Um, this kid. Well, he's had a somewhat breakout season this year, especially defensively. Again, he's been absolutely outstanding, and. This could be one of those, you know, breakout series because Indiana has been so overlooked again this season by the media. If he shows that he can dominate Horford in the paint, if he can uh, dominate um, Aaron Baines as well, um, yeah, this could potentially again. I could see it going the way that it went with Cleveland last year in terms of a seven-game series, and then.
0: Although yeah. seeing if
1: uh, Kyrie clutches up there.
0: Although visually and, you know, aesthetically, it's probably the series no one would like to go to seven games out of all the Eastern matches. Yeah. It's,
1: it's, yeah.
0: it's when you hear the names Indiana Pacers and Boston Celtics, if you heard that last oh. year, it'd be like, wow, these are two fluid, young, interesting teams. And now you're just like, okay, well, that's happening. And uh, that has uh, permutations for the next round. Um,
1: let's yeah, let's see no more about well. it. Yeah, like I, 100% Kyrie's off. He's out of that. Unless at the very minimum, they get to the second round. So, um, yeah, have probably the biggest aspect of the series, actually, um, what impact it has on Kyrie, I think.
0: Yeah, that could be big. And that's something definitely we'll explore in the many off-season podcasts we end up recording. That's all for the Eastern Conference. We're going to go to the West straight after this ad break. Yes, we do have an ad break straight after this. Thank you again to our sponsor, Swole Revolution. Now we have a couple of interesting games tonight in the Western Conference. The first, the Clippers against the Warriors. Doc Rivers said his Clippers side should be the first, and he'd love them to be the first team to upset a dominant Warriors dynasty, which itself is coming to an end. But Varel, can the Clippers, can Montrezel, Harrell and co even go past four games this
1: series? Firstly, I'd just like to take it to Doc Rivers. This has possibly been the best managerial season by an NBA coach for a long time. Supposedly, I wasn't around back then, but when he first took over Orlando, um, this was like the transition uh, to when they got Tracy McGrady in the draft, and they had a season where they didn't actually make the playoffs. I think they went 42-40, but people have actually cited that as his best ever season. And again, this is the the reason is for this Clippers team is they have no real legit superstar, maybe apart from Lou Williams. So the job he's done in this um, Western Conference this season is absolutely phenomenal. Who would have guessed at the start of the season that they would have beat a LeBron Lakers to the playoffs?
0: Exactly. And it's one of the reasons why maybe Raptors fans are worried that it could be Kawhi's next destination because of the job that Doc Rivers has managed to do in spite of the trades that the GM has made, um, especially the likes of trading away Tobias Harris, Blake Griffin. Of course, Blake Griffin trade turned out to be all right in the end, but especially the the Tobias Harris trade, a lot of people saw as one sided. They did do a bit of good business. So so with Zubac, um, of course, getting rid of Muscala. But yeah, um, yeah. But it, it does show what kind of a job Doc Rivers can do, um, and that might attract yeah. players. But against the against the Warriors, what do you what do you say? Sorry, as I as I'm speaking this, Terrence Ross has just launched a brilliant, a sumptuous three, if I might add. And um, so, if you hear any worry in my voice, it's because Ross <laughs> is in red hot form. Ah, we were
1: speaking about earlier. Um, yeah, in terms of this matchup, I think genuinely the biggest hindrance for the Clippers is maybe length. So I'd say as good as like Montres Harrell is, um, there's a legit chance that, you know, he might be on K D, say if they have Boger on the floor and there he's got like um he's losing four or five inches there to the Durantula and just all around their team, like they are very, very undersized. Patrick Beverly, again, dog of a defender, but yeah, I think that, that could end up being their main issue. The, the Warriors are one of the better, uh, rebounding teams in the league as well.
0: I mean, you're talking but, about the Warriors rebounding in the length, but I mean, the fact is the Warriors offense is just three, three point shooting. You know, you can't take that given. That's, that's something that's just been phenomenal and has continued to be, even though they've been a little underwhelming this season.
1: Yeah, especially with Steph's new contact lenses. God. I'm yeah, I mean Steph can actually through. see now, which is,
0: <laughs> I mean, he was just seeing a haze of a basket before. Yeah, maybe he was. And he smelling. was still nailing it.
1: Yeah, he's using his other senses. Maybe he just. Oh, oh. It's just, it's just depressing for all those people who actually have vision and still can't shoot anywhere you Know close to how Steph can, so um, yeah, I expect him to have a big payoff. But uh, but I, first playoffs I as well. On the, the reason I focus on the length though, I this Warriors team they have looked very much beatable this season, and this Cooks team plays very good basketball. I really do expect, for example, Shea Gilges Alexander to like, potentially show he's one of the better rookies in this draft class. So, um, I don't know how. Do you just see it as a foregone conclusion, full games? Because personally, I, I don't think I, I quite stand there.
0: No, I like the Clippers' bite. I feel they're the Brooklyn Nets of the West, in a way. Um, a bit more talented, though. Um,
1: yeah. Likes yeah. of Beverly.
0: I mean, I'd be interested. The likes of Beverly against Curry. You know, of course, Beverly's a very tenacious defender. You've got energy. Big thing with the Clippers' side is you've got a lot of energy and tenacity in there. And, you know, that can throw yeah, off any team on, on their day. So no, I I don't think it'll be a sweep. I was playing devil's advocate there. I think they'll take. Yeah. I think they'll take a game off them. But as we we predicted last year that the Warriors um the Warriors might lose before the conference finals. But you know they had a eight nil run to the conference yeah. finals uh, in spite of everything. Yeah. So yeah, four uh, one. Uh, Boogie's first Boogie's first playoffs. Surprisingly, can you believe that? Such a majestic player.
1: Um, yeah, I
0: think he's reached. He's in his thirties now, and this is his first playoffs.
1: Uh, oh, that's just it's depressing in a way. Given his like, level of talent, that's really depressing.
0: Yeah, well, and that's part of the reason maybe I'm um, backing the Warriors a little bit in the West. Um, but I do uh,
1: in the series though, I do 100% expect a block party. but so that's uh, that's why I was uh, talking about the length. Like they're going to turn up their defense as well. You, I wouldn't be surprised if they um in the first game in series, if there's like 10 blocks on the side of the Warriors, I, they're going to really, really turn it on.
0: Yep. And if so if you're a betting man, bet on more than 10 blocks a game and send all the uh, yeah, to our Patreon. A,
1: a, a, this is a man who predicted, uh, who was at Bournemouth to beat Brighton 5-0 today. Um, I don't know where it came from, but I don't know, maybe uh, Allah gave me some of his wisdom. I mean, we talk about Steph Curry after.
0: having vision, but, you know, Varel, you yourself have... Um, <laughs> Future vision. We know about. Oh, it's a different kind of vision, though. Different type. Kind of um, so the other the other game. Um, this is much a bit like the well, the way it sounds is a bit like the Celtics Pacers of the West. It's the Denver Nuggets against the San Antonio Spurs. It's not the not the matchup that will set the world alight, in my opinion. Got a lot of talented oh, players in there, no, but
1: no, no, no. That, maybe I'm just not just a bigger. Rude. Maybe
0: I just haven't watched the
1: West enough. That is rude. No, that Nuggets team is. Nikola Jokic plays basketball like an NFL quarterback. Like when he on the elbow and say, "Our uh, pick and roll is developing." He will actually stick defenders by looking their direction. He he never he never ever looks where he passes. Well, he just really- I think this this matchup is actually so interesting is because his offense is very much based on finesse and um, just. Technical superiority, like even in the post, he he'll um, pump fake his defenders to death, and he's always able and willing to pass. And I think this this might be an interesting take, but I do think the longer the series goes on, the better the chances are for the Spurs because they are managed by possibly the best manager ever.
0: Yep, and who deserves who deserves another ring? But I think with this team. Can never really achieve it. Um, what do you think about the, what do you think about the end result? I think this yeah, could go so, the full um, way.
1: Yeah, because um, basically Spurs' uh, defenders are uh, improved more and more throughout the season. So they guard. They they very much lack length when you've got um, Pay Mills White coming off the bench, Demar uh, as well, and they've learned how to fight through screens. Um, their rotations when it comes to the baselines, uh, taking picks and rolls to the baseline, they basically just improved drastically. And I think with that Denver team, um, if they are able to guard the guards of the Denver team,
0: yeah.
1: it'll be very interesting to see how, say, the Marcus matches up against uh, Jokic on the post because the Marcus is also a very clever defender. He's not particularly quick. So as the series goes on, like I said, he could start to work the Cody out if, uh, out if that is possible. So yeah, I think uh, seven game series definitely on the cards.
0: Fantastic. Well, that's all we have time for for that half of the Western Conference. We'll be going to our Portland and Houston correspondents to preview the rest of the games. For now, though, thank you for another appearance on Balling in the Sixth.
1: And I hope everyone enjoys the playoffs as much as I'm going to. How how wholesome. Thank you. In a bit.
0: We are now back with our Portland correspondent. He's been on the podcast before. Samuel Jeffries, welcome to Balling in the Six. Morning, morning. So, your Portland side, having succeeded, despite losing the likes of Yusuf Nurkic and CJ McCollum, you'll now go into a feisty match-up against the Oklahoma City Thunder. This is going to be... This is probably, aside from the Raptors series... Objectively, this is one of the most exciting series
2: in the first round of the playoffs this year. How do you see it going? I see it going to seven, I'll be honest with you. It's going to be a big challenge, especially when we're on the road. Uh, but I think, at the end of the day, will the likes of Dame and CJ... They'll just be, prove too much for Westbrook and Roberson. Didn't you think that about the Pelicans scoring? last year? The thing with the Pelicans last year was that we didn't have any role players. Last year, our team was struggling. We'd kick it out and we'd only have 25% three-point shooters to Aminu, hit Alpha the al this year, he has come into his own, especially in clutch, in clutch time, hitting big shots. Alright, so right, tell me about trace. some of your
0: other role players who are magically magically going to make your team An example the of
2: player this season who's just come in uh, first of all Rodney Hood he's a guy that's necessary for us because he's a guy who can create his own shot he's a knockdown three shooter and he's overall just a very good wing player along with that Jake Lehman's come out he's again a reliable three-point shooter Uh, Evan Turner's really been improving leading the bench unit as a playmaker We've also had this year the addition of Enes Kanter. So, on Enes Kanter, so obviously you've lost Juz It's going to be Kanter, how's he going to deal with Stephen Adams? I think he'll obviously struggle defensively. I mean, he's not a defensive centre, we all know it. We all know he just, he plays hard on offence, and he tries hard on defence, but it's just not his forte. And Nurkic would have obviously been huge. If we had Nurkic, I'd say Siri over five or six. But you games. don't have Nurkic. But we don't have How Nurkic. How is Cantor going to deal with Adams? Is Adams going to beast and feast, in the words of Chris Smooth? Adams will have a bit of fun in the paint, if I'm honest. He's going to have a nice time, but Cantor's also going to have a nice time. Because the uh, ability this season that we've seen from Cantor is his ability to also stretch the floor and draw Stephen Adams out of the paint. And thus, I think, one strategy that we're going to deploy during the playoffs is open up the paint and free up room for Dame and CJ. Because Cantor really, this season has been a good shooter as Nurkic in his time with us. Last couple of questions. Who's winning how many games? Blazers 7. Blazers in 7. Is Dame going to finally win a ring? No. Conference finals. That's a success for us. Fantastic. Thank you once again for appearing on Balling in the Six. Thank you.
0: Houston versus Utah Jazz matchup. We are going to go straight to our Houston correspondent, Zahid Jeffrey. Zahid, welcome to the podcast. Hello. So tell me about this matchup. Who's going to be the key players for both sides? Um, who are you most worried about on the Jazz? Well, you know, Houston, they've been doing very well this season. There's, you know, few teams that can, you know, rival them, and even many of the teams that arguably can, they've beaten them, like Golden State they've beaten, they've beaten the Celtics, they, etc. So, you know, I'm not too, and the Jazz, they finished below, I mean, don't get me wrong, they're a good team, but they finished below the Rockets, so. Do you think Harden can carry on his form? Into the playoffs? Do you think it works? Well, I mean, Harden has been a good player. I mean, as we saw last year, he did, you know, flop a bit in the playoffs, choked a little bit, as we might say. 27 missed threes in that Game 7. Yes. In a row. Yes, but, you know, what's to say Harden isn't a much more sophisticated player for the playoffs than he he was last year. It's just something we have to wait and see. Could be a learning experience. I think a big matchup here will be Clint Capella against Rudy Gobert. I'll back Gobert in this, but tell me why Clint is such a key player for the Rockets.
2: Clint, well, as well as well, he can obviously
0: shoot um, well, but another thing is he's also very good at steals. I've seen some pretty good statistics for him in terms of steals. Like he's one of the best stealers I think in the NBA. So, if I'm not mistaken, is that? Yeah, he's. I I mean, he's he's fantastic on both ends, and he's been. He's been. Well, if if the likes of Siakam weren't in the conversation for most improved player. Capella would certainly be in the upper echelons of of the rankings there so I think, yeah, Capella could prove a big player come playoffs, I'm not sure if he can has enough to go up with Gobert, but again that's just something we'll have to see in the matchup tomorrow, understood and lastly, we've got to ask you for your prediction how many, ga- I'm assuming you think the Rockets will win the series, how many games will it take them? how many games, I think well, I mean, like I said, the straight answer man, how many games are going to take them? I think it'll take them around um, eight games. Eight games? That, there's only seven games. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, this guy knows. I'm joking. Um, Four, five, um, six, or seven. How many games? I think um, we can do it in five. Yeah, I mean, if you want to do an eight, that's perfectly fine. No, I was joking about the eight games. I, realize, I was joking. I, I was joking. Rockets in five, and we'll hold you to that. Thank you for your brief appearance on this podcast. I will now
1: this be going on